One of the most ancient buildings in the city of Rome, a city filled with ancient buildings, is the Pantheon. It's this large, rotund structure that originally was a pagan temple. About 1,400 years ago, it was converted into a Catholic church. But the Pantheon was unique because unlike other temples, which were dedicated to one of the gods or goddesses that the Roman pagans worshipped, this was dedicated to all the gods or goddesses that they worshipped. The, the word pantheon, pantheos, means all gods. You know, interestingly, one of, one of my favorite writers, the British Catholic writer G.K. Chesterton, in his, in his classic book, Everlasting Man, he tells us that early Christians were invited to set up an image of Jesus in the pantheon, side by side with the image of Jupiter and Mithras and, and all these other various gods. Yet the early church rightly refused, because if they had accepted, then they would have been hypocrites in every sense of the word. They would have been professing their belief in the Lord with their lips, but they would have been denying the very truth he taught with their actions. And so the early church became this cause of division, cause of conflict. So I mention this historical anecdote because I think it helps illustrate the point Jesus is getting at in our gospel. In our gospel, he says something that I imagine sounds strange to us. Do you think that I've come to establish peace on the earth? No, I've come to establish division. That sounds weird, right? Christ is the Prince of Peace. He's the one who said, blessed are the peacemakers. So why is he telling us he didn't come to bring peace but division? I think to answer that, we need to go to a different gospel. This is from the Gospel of Luke. We need to go to the Gospel of John, where Jesus says, peace I leave to you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives it, do I give to you. So right there, he distinguishes two types of peace. Peace as the world offers it, and peace as he offers it. Peace as the world offers it is nice. It's absence of conflict, right? It's comfort and security. The peace that Christ offers us is a supernatural peace that comes from knowing and loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the catch, if you want to call it that, is that the peace Christ offers us, it's, it, it is not a guarantee that our life will be free of conflict and division. In fact, it's pretty much the opposite. You know, Christ tells us also in the Gospel of John, in the world you will have trouble, but take courage, I've overcome the world. So if we accept this peace of Christ, what comes along with it is conflict and division with the world. And this is precisely what happened to the early church, uh, the ancient church in Rome. You know, the Roman pagans were fine accepting Jesus as one among many deities, but the first Christians couldn't agree because that's simply not true. There's one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There is no other. The Supposed gods and goddesses the Romans worshipped were false gods. You know, and for the Christians to say anything but that would be to deny Christ, to deny his very words. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
and no one comes to the Father except through me. So the early church was faithful to what Christ said, and they were a cause of conflict and division. Now you might think, okay, thanks for the history lesson, but it's 2019 and there's not a pagan empire trying to uh, enforce its beliefs on us. So what's the point? Well, I would say I, I chose this image of the Pantheon intentionally because I think it's a good symbol for a very subtle but serious problem in our time called relativism. Relativism is the idea that there isn't any absolute or objective truth, especially when it comes to morality and religion. And this has become the culture's default position over the generations. Think of how fashionable it is to say things like all religions are equally true, even though religions might have contradictory claims. You know, relativism takes the most important questions in life. What is the meaning and purpose of our existence? Is there a God? Can I know him? Is there a life after death? On and on. It takes all those important questions and says they're at best opinion. They're not, there's no way we can truly know the answer to those questions. You know, on the surface, relativism sounds fair. But the danger is if we embrace relativism, then we're guilty, figuratively speaking, of placing an image of our Lord in the modern pantheon of relativism. And our culture tempts us to do this because relativism offers us peace as the world offers it. It offers a lack of conflict at the expense of the truth. Yet we are called to embrace the peace the world cannot give, the peace of Christ. And in accepting this peace, we know that part of the bargain is we will experience division because of it. Maybe even we'll experience division in our own family. So in the face of relativism, our readings today give us a few things that we can do. I would say, first off, we need to resist relativism's influence in our own lives. So we need to know our faith so that we can, we can withstand the arguments that we will face in the culture. But it isn't just about knowledge. We need our Lord's help. And we see a blueprint for this in our second reading from the letters to the Hebrews, where we read, Let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us, and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of the faith. And so if we want to resist this subtle but dangerous influence of relativism, we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. What does that mean? That means praying daily. That means receiving the sacraments, coming to Mass, coming to confession. It means coming to Eucharistic adoration, praying with Scripture, Jesus is the way and tr the truth and the life. So the second reading is a call for us to fix our gaze on him so that he can strengthen us. And if we do that, if we fix our gaze on him, then he will speak to others through us. He will speak to others by the way we live our lives and when need be with the words that we speak in witness to the truth of the faith. So let's pray for the grace to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's pray for the courage 
to bear witness to the truth and the peace that only our Lord can give, even if it means conflict and division.